0: Welcome to the Heroes Church Podcast. Our vision is to build Christ-centered communities of imperfect people for the city. Now, let's listen to Pastor Z as he shares the scripture message. 2020 was a tough year. And for many of us, if not all of us, it may be considered our toughest year yet. But rather than talking about what could be our New Year's resolution, I want to ask this question. What is the most important lesson that 2020 has taught you? What is the most important lesson you've learned this previous year? And I know some of the most important lessons in our lives don't necessarily come with an excitement like when we receive an epiphany. But sometimes, more often than not actually, it comes with the hardest of times. One of the things that I think some of us will be able to answer this question with is to consider that we need to be careful about the truths that we trust. This past week, our society was baffled with a New Year's Eve party celebration that somehow ended up with an unfortunate death. And so, Newsfeed, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all these things are filled with updates on different perspectives of what may have happened, what may not have happened. News anchors are promoting what the police are saying, what the family is saying, what the immediate people involved are saying. And sometimes, you know, you saw people giving value judgments, and immediately the big question is who is really. Telling the truth. I'm not going to talk about that case, but the passage that we read today also came from a baffling event. A baffling event where the first disciples that were called, two of them ministered to a lame man that was quite famous because he would beg by the temple courts. So people knew him, people always saw him, almost like he had his usual spot. But at this occasion, Peter and John healed him. And there was a remarkable act of healing. But, of course, this healing trended around them. And now they were beginning to wonder what caused this man to be healed. And I think whether it's a good event like a celebration or unfortunate events like the pandemic and loss of life, we immediately begin to maybe wonder if we believe in a God, we think, why would God allow this to happen? How did God cause this to happen? What can we learn? If you don't believe in a God, you wonder, you know, what what these facts, does this set of these realities, what patterns can we learn from them so that we can just adjust and maybe learn accordingly for the future. Whatever it is, the subject of, how we view the world, how we understand circumstances. That is a very important part of our Christian journey, and we call it faith. And that is what I want to talk about today, because I think our faith is very much affected by a swing of major events, whether it's a global pandemic, a personal, private event or circumstance, or even something that's trending. Our faith is sometimes shaken. Our faith sometimes wavers. So it's good to learn, and part of our journey this new year, is to understand what biblical faith does for us, what biblical faith is, so that we can have a new year, but we can really be grounded on the same faith that has always been there since this time happened. Okay, so I'd like to share three things about biblical faith and the first thing i want to share is biblical faith points to jesus biblical faith always points to jesus so imagine peter and john trended and now there's so many followers or crowds gathering around them people were giving their expert opinion like we often do today when suddenly something happens And we want to issue our opinion. We think suddenly we're now subject matter experts. And now they were facing a less technological experience, but still the same human wonder. People were asking, how did this happen? In what power did they heal this man? And look at how Peter responded and clearly proclaimed what biblical faith is and the reason for the healing. In Acts 3.16, Peter says, On the basis of faith in Jesus' name, his very name has made this man whom you see and know strong. The faith that is through Jesus has given him this complete health in the presence of you all. Peter spelled it out very clearly for everyone to hear and see what caused this man to be healed. It wasn't anything special about Peter. It wasn't anything special about the words they uttered. It wasn't anything so much special about their method or their their love for this stranger. Because many times when when we see things like this happen, like healing crusades, or a big event in our lives, you automatically think there must be something about that man. There must be something about that person. There must be something so heavy about that woman so that they will be able to encounter this favor, this blessing, this amazing thing. But if you look at Acts, if you look at this scripture, there was no attempt from biblical author to showcase anything special about Peter and John, anything special about the lame man, anything special about their method, it actually came out so randomly. Peter and John were walking by the temple and there was a lame man who reached out to them, begging them for alms. And then Peter and John said, silver and gold we do not have. We're not rich. We cannot just buy things. We cannot just, give you things. And sometimes you know we think the world is like that we can just buy whatever you want. We can just accumulate whatever you want and therefore have a little bit more control over our lives. But Peter and John said silver and gold I don't have but what we have we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk. And sometimes you know we we don't only look at the gifts of the people, we look at the methodology. So sometimes we make this a formula that we think we can name and claim prayers just because we say it's in Jesus' name. I know that because I grew up in, in a Christian. Home. I grew up in church, and I had moments in my life where I thought that if I just say a prayer and end it with in Jesus' name and believe it with all my heart, then it will happen. You know what? When I was 10 years old and we had a basketball half court in my roof, after playing I sat down and I was like praying to God like God with all of the childlike faith I could muster I said I pray that you will make me 6 foot 7 so I can play in the NBA. Now that sounds funny but when I was at that age I really wanted that to happen and I did say in Jesus name amen. Well, obviously fast forward to today I'm not 6 foot 7 and I'm not in the NBA so you know we we have to be careful about making claims, about special people, about special words. And I think when we are grounded on what biblical faith is, then we will be anchored accordingly. That biblical faith always points to Jesus. He is the author, the perfecter of our faith. Hebrews says that Jesus is the main reason for the season. We celebrate that on Christmas. Jesus is the hero. We That's why we actually call our church Heroes Church. Biblical faith always points to Jesus. That is why that is one good rule of thumb. When you're exploring Christianity, when you're exploring spirituality, when you're exploring growing in the faith, and now, because of YouTube, because of the internet, you could just be influenced by so many things. You could just see so many different Practices of the Christian faith. Now, if you're not sure immediately how to really tell whether this particular Christian practice is going to be healthy for you or not, one good rule of thumb is to always check does it point me to Jesus? Or is this particular practice pointing me to a different person, even if it's a charismatic, very good Christian person? but it's not Jesus? Is this Christian practice leading me closer to a particular strategy or methodology or structure, but not Jesus? Is this particular tool, even book or even theology, leading me to really exercise my mental prowess and intellect, but not really point me to Jesus? This is a good rule of thumb to follow because biblical faith always points to jesus and so you can practice particular strategies read particular books pray a certain way practice expressing faith a certain way but if all these things don't point you necessarily to jesus and sometimes they could act as distraction from the main thing then you have to be careful And that's why i urge you when i make this point what i mean is this 2021 i pray that we will make the main point of faith the main point. We've been so good and blessed here in Manila to be a country that allows freedom of worship with no impediments. What has happened is, because we've been so good at it, we've also been so good at adding different elements of Christianity that make it more comfortable, more appealing, more attractive for us. We may not have purposely done it, But sometimes these things distract us from the main thing, and that is Jesus. And, you know, 2020 was a tough year, especially for churches, because we've been forced to not meet together. We've been forced to stay away from our normal places of worship, and suddenly we're just relegated into viewing parties or watching online services. And, yes, some of the churches now are reopening and having their social distance gatherings. But still, it's not the same as before. But I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that if you feel the big difference, then one way that can help you process this is to ask yourself, what among the things that we have lost from last year, what among those things really pointed me to Jesus? Because I want to be honest with you. Comfortable seats. Does that really lead you to Jesus? a magnificent worship hall, does that really lead you to Jesus? The simple size, does that really lead you to Jesus? You know, this 2021, I'd like to challenge and encourage you. We have the essentials available for you. We share a gospel on our online worship service. We post it on Spotify. You can review it on YouTube. We have our online community fellowships where you could be prayed for. And later, there will be some announcements about how, if you're a member of our church, there's other things that you will be able to experience. But I want you to see that if you miss a lot of the comforts that you've had, which we don't have anymore, then maybe this is a time where you can highlight what we still have, which could actually be the more important things. That's what I want to share. Biblical faith always points to Jesus, no matter what it is. Your knowledge, your emotions, your sense of inspiration, your ministry, your productivity, your capacity to evangelize, your capacity to disciple, your capacity to grow together as a community. All this should point to Jesus. And that is what we learn here on biblical faith. The second is biblical faith transforms with presence. One of the things that I think we've naturally thought of when it comes to Christianity, because we easily identify it as a religion, is that transformation happens as we plot people along an assembly line of informing them what's right and what's wrong and encouraging them, rewarding what's right and punishing what's wrong. But here we find in Acts three nineteen to 20, and I will re- reread it for you, Look at what Peter says, the, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out so that times of refreshing may come from your outward moral behavior. From your immediate changes that sometimes could just be superficial at best. No, it says times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord so that he may send the Messiah appointed for you. That is... Jesus, times of refreshing with the Lord means a life that is accustomed with experiencing walking with God and experiencing His presence. And that is essentially what transforms us as Christians. We're not transformed simply by following the religious practices. That's easy. Everyone does that. All religions will have their own practices. All religions will have their own list of things to do and what not to do. But what separates the biblical faith, what separates the Christian faith more specifically, is that it transforms with presence of God. It transforms with the presence of God. You know, we invested a lot of time last December talking about the virtue of what Christmas brings and why Jesus has come. And ultimately, Jesus came to make manifold the promise that God is with us and not our sin separated us from him forever. You know, sin separated us from God and that was shown by when Adam and Eve were removed from the Garden of Eden. But God made a way for that relationship and that presence to be restored. And that happened when Jesus Christ came, he lived and died and rose up again. And because of that, we now enjoy his Holy Spirit, which is his presence that we feel, that we hear, that we experience here on earth until we meet him again in heaven. And so biblical faith, transforms with presence. I think this is a very important lesson that you'd want to take this new year. How are you enjoying God's presence in your life? You know, if you don't even get to enjoy that, we can't even go to transformation. Because transformation outside God's presence is religious at best, mechanical and sometimes artificial, but transformation with the lord's presence is truly heartfelt cuts deep in your life and is truly continuing an intimate relationship with who has saved us so how do we process this well i, I like to encourage you this way if biblical faith transforms with the presence of god we need to understand that christian transformation really has a lot to do with the ministry of presence, and not only the ministry of action. A lot of us think ministry is all about doing, all about accomplishing tasks, checking boxes, and performing and achieving certain goals and mechanics. And I'm not saying that's wrong. In fact, that's probably part of the wisdom and the the intellect that God has given us that we can learn from the principles that we find in science and math and even the corporate world and see what what disciplines we can take from these areas and apply it in how we serve God to the best of our abilities. Those are good things. What I'm saying is sometimes we prioritize these good things too much and we forget a lot of these things are best done with an understanding that we can only do them with the presence of God. And you know, as ministers, if you're a ministry volunteer, If you're a ministry leader, if you want to serve in the church, if you want to serve God, then what you have to realize is God's presence can also also be manifest through how you also learn to give off your own presence to others. I'm not saying your presence becomes supernaturally divine and special. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But what i'm saying is i don't think we put too much emphasis on what the ministry of presence can do to people the time we give the effort we we we, we share you know the listening ear the non-judgmental spirit the space we provide people to just be themselves for them to trust and unfold wonderfully these are very special time. Sometimes we take it for granted. We think it's not important. We think it's it's a waste of time. We want to go straight to the point. We think, you know, spending time talking, spending time listening, spending time with each other is just a waste of time. What matters is doing, doing, doing. But you know what? We don't have to choose between one or the other. What we need to realize is the best ministry is when we can capture both. If you're a doer, if you're a strategic thinker, if you, you 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 see things and you just want to accomplish them that's great. Then perform that excellently by the grace of God for his glory. But do not forget not everyone's gonna be like you and sometimes it's not enough to just say whatever it is you want to say. Sometimes you have to be able to embrace people to lead them towards the life that God has called them. And sometimes you also need to carry them when necessary. Like a shepherd carrying the sheep when it is going astray. Sometimes you're on the other side. You're all about the relationship. You're all about the ministry of giving time, spending time, developing relationship. And that's great as well. That's great. But when you're like that, it's also good to consider How is this relationship really part of God's kingdom plan? Are there things we can start doing? Are there things we can start thinking about? Are there things we can start moving towards so that this relationship can even be stronger with a purpose? You see, when you blend the action with the person and ministry transformation with presence, that's a very good mix. And so if you're tuning in, and you're not a member of our church, that's fine. Just take whatever it is that you can take and consider some of the things I'm saying. But if you're a member of our church, especially if you've served in our church over the previous years, and maybe you have a specific ministry that serves as a very specific function, especially now in our online worship service, maybe you're part of the music team, or maybe you're part of the tech team, or maybe you're part of our lighthouse ministry, whatever it is, I want you to consider this. If you're doing something and your task is, you know, just the church just heavily relies on it week in, week out, please do not neglect the opportunities you have to build relationships with the people in our church. Don't substitute ministry as comprehensively covering relationship with the community. Just because you're doing so many things doesn't mean you're building relationships with the people in our church. Sometimes, many times as what happens in the church, So many people get burnt out. So many people just drop out, not because something bad happened, but because they were so tired from doing so many things because they realized they're not connected. And the reverse is true. If you're part of our Lighthouse, if you're part of our growing community, if you spend time with people and leaders of the church, but have not found yourselves in active ministry, or have not found a particular purpose or skill that you can offer to contribute to our church, then I want you to pray about it this year. Pray that this year, God will open doors for you to serve in our church. Because you know what? There's so much need. I'm telling you now. It may look like day, week in and week out, we have things set up. We have a team for everything. But to be honest, there's so much work to do. And the people working now for our church also need support and help. And if, if we're going to continue just doing things this way without any support and help, you know one day we're just going to get burnt out and tired. And we don't want that to happen. We need you. We need you. If you've been part of our church, you've been blessed by our worship service, you've been part of our community, and you're growing in our lighthouses, then I want to encourage you that we need you to fill up certain spaces and slots and support our ministry programs. You know, if you want to learn more specifically what that means, feel free to talk to me, feel free to talk to your lighthouse leader, feel free to talk to our elders and deacons to find out more. But I'm telling you, There's so much need. Any one of us can do things. Any one of us can be plugged into something. And even if you feel like you have no talent, even if you feel like you don't know what to share, just be available. Reach out to us. Send me a private message. Tell me, Pastor Z, I want to make myself more available this 2021. What can I do? And I'll take you on that because that's what's going to happen when we factor in ministry and presence in the church. And I think that's something that's going to make this year beautiful for us. If, like last week, we learned everyone got involved. And I'm excited because I want you to get involved. Not only because it will be good for the church, but it will also be good for you. Because you'll find your purpose. And I'm telling you now, there's plenty of things we can surely use your help with. Lastly, biblical faith stays consistent with the gospel the closing verses peter preaches and he says all the prophets from samuel and those who followed him have spoken about and announced these days you are the sons of the prophet and of the covenant that god made with your ancestors saint abraham and in your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed peter did such an amazing job taking What they understood as the scripture, which is the Old Testament that we know now of old and being able to piece that together and share that Jesus has fulfilled all those prophecies. And the promises that God has made to Abraham is ultimately answered through the life of Jesus Christ. And that's what we learned about biblical faith. You know, biblical faith, we cannot just say we will go with the trend. Because like we learned last week, different generations, different decades could mean different things. New words come out. New attitudes come out. New, new, new philosophies come out. But the Bible stays the same through all these years because it remains consistent with the gospel story. That's why the gospel is so important. The reason and, and, and the method and, and how God created the world perfectly good and according to his plan. And how man fell because of our mistake. We sinned and that affected this good creation. But Christ redeems us by intervening in that big divide. And therefore started the process of restoring everything back. Even to a much greater experience. And we are now living between that time. When Jesus Christ came and Jesus Christ will come back again. And we are in that process of restoration of all things. And that's why it's very exciting for us to know that biblical faith stays consistent with the gospel. This 2021, I pray that this word will be a big word for you and me. That the gospel, that the biblical faith is something we can trust because no matter what, it stays consistent. It stays Presidents may come and go. stocks may rise and fall. Whatever opportunities you have in this world may or may not increase or decrease. You may meet different people, read different authors, and find different trends. But I want to encourage you, we all need something we can trust that will stay consistent in our lives. And the biblical faith offers that by assuring that it, always stays consistent with the gospel the gospel never changes that is why we could have a new year but still have the same faith so as i end i want to share just a simple application and it will come off as a prayer for us and i pray that this will truly be an exciting year because This 2021 weekend, shake off 2020, brush it off, not deny it, don't cancel it, shake it off, and now continue growing in this biblical faith through the gospel of Jesus Christ, this new year. Think about it, pray about it, process it, let's do it together, let us pray. Father, we thank you for your grace. Thank you for your word. We thank you that we could just look at, you know, not necessarily just the elements of what made the lame man walk, but we could just study what we can learn about what biblical faith means. Lord, thank you that you have shown us that biblical faith always points to you, Jesus. And we ask that we can learn to see the world through Christocentric lens. And we pray, the Lord, that we thank you, dear Lord, that we can also learn that biblical faith transforms through the ministry of presence, that your presence in our lives. And we pray, the Lord, that we can nourish, interact, grow, and want to be in your presence always. And Lord, thank you that biblical faith stays true and consistent with the gospel. No matter what life brings us, no matter what changes happen in society, in government, in the world, the gospel remains consistent. And therefore, we can trust it. Lord, we pray for this year. We pray that it will be an exciting year for us in our faith journey, especially in our church. We pray that if we've just been, you know, dilly-dallying, just being spectators, we pray that this year will be more actively involved. We pray the Lord that if we you know if we've been on the serving side of things and we've just been doing so many things but have been growing tired. We pray the Lord as you have said in Acts 3, times of refreshing will come through the presence of Jesus Christ. We pray that we can experience that this year. May we be nourishing presence or presences to each other because of your presence in our lives thank you lord for your word in jesus name we pray amen